You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. What's happening, fuckos? How are all my cult members doing? I mean, my fellow archery and filtered listeners. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It's uh, almost actually the day. Was it the day after? It's actually Saturday. The day after, the day after. Your buddy Wendell got a little sick, so I kind of sound like a, a bag of shit. I mean, more so than usual. Um, I got this weird disease that I picked up from my baby. When your babies are super unclean, they contract this thing called um, foot, hand, and mouth or whatever. And uh, I accidentally let my baby drool in my mouth, and now I have it, and it's not fun. So bear with me. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be like the chipper. Uh, well, I am going to be chipper, but I'm not going to be a sprite. Well, I'll try. Anyway, so uh, how have you guys been doing? Anyone getting practice in during the, the Thanksgiving break? It's going to be tough. It's very tough to get practice in right around now because you're either making food for Thanksgiving or, you know, maybe you're doing some Black Friday shopping. I mean, it's Saturday now. I don't know if you guys did or did not. I think most most of us will not do Black Friday shopping. That's a little intense. I think that's more for, like, that's not for archers. That's more for, like, rugby players and uh, who else would do that? Meth addicts, I guess. We are a more subdued bunch, wouldn't you guys agree? So, uh... I've been able to get a little bit of practice in doing the the basement thing. Uh, you know, I haven't blank bailed yet, but I'm right there to try. Like, I, you know, I'm almost thinking about doing it now that I'm sick. <clears throat> Let me repeat that in English. I'm almost thinking about doing it now that I'm sick because I don't want to go outside. It's really cold outside. So blank bailing might be the thing for today. Uh, I'm not sure yet, though. If it gets sunny, I'm definitely going to try to shoot outside. Um, I got a couple of questions, some friend and listener questions. Uh, someone asked me, Wendell, have you ever tried the UltraView site, and do you like it? Um, this is my buddy Carlos. He just purchased a 41-millimeter UltraView, what do they call it, UVXL or UV3XL or... Some jazz like that. Yeah, UV3. Um, I have, I do have in my possession a UV3. And I'll tell you guys the rundown. I'll give you the rundown of how it, I got it. I set it up just like my buddy Darren has his setup. Because the way Darren's is set up, when you put that light on, the pin, even when the light isn't on, the pin is glowing like an insane amount. 
And I was like, ooh, I want to try that. Blake Jerome is a fan of the pin. I believe John Weaver is a fan of the pin. So there's two guys right there that had me think that the pin is something that could calm my mind down and maybe slow my pin float a little bit. So I was super jazzed about trying the Ultraview because even without the light, that pin was really bright. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Hold on. I'm sick. Sorry, I just had to clear some lung butter. Um, so the Ultraview site, I put it on, and here's the thing, guys. I run a pretty heavy clarifier. I run pretty high mag uh, lens, and my justification is that my arms are tiny. So in my mind, my what I see, I'm guessing, is something similar to what someone sees that has 28 inch draw length or uh, you know 27 and a half with a six power lens. I think it's all kind of. I might be wrong, but you know what they say uh, the further your lens is, the bigger the the image is, right? And this is going to lead me into two more questions or two more. One more question, but um, so I run a pretty high mag with the with the fiber, and when I threw that ultra view on with my clarifier, my clarifier cancels out the fiber, which is such a weird thing. Like I, I don't, I'm not an op- optics pro, but I can tell you this much: if you run a clarifier, if you run uh, a decent magnification, we'll say anything above five or six. And then you run a clarifier on top of that. It's going to make it very difficult to see your fiber, even with the light on. So, uh, you know, I tried running it with the light off and a black dot, which is kind of my MO. Like, I've run a small black dot for everything. One size black dot for everything. And, um, yeah, it was too dark. Like, it's noticeably darker than my shrewd. I shoot a mini mag shrewd. And that's been my buddy for years now. I can't, I mean, if you think about it, if you guys really remember back, the Shrewd Mini Mag has been around for, I want to say, over three years, four years now. And I've had the same one. Same lens, too. They don't even make the lens that's in it anymore. <clears throat> so, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um... Anyway, the Ultraview, it seemed a little dark, so I wasn't a fan, and I just kind of benched it. I was thinking, maybe I'll put it up on eBay or something. But then I shot my buddies. I was doing a little video for West Coast Archery where I shot Rudy Sandoval's bow while he was gone, his target bow. And um, I think he ran like a six power lens, an Ultraview scope, and he didn't have the light cartridge in it. He had the what they call like the world cup world archery cartridge or whatever. And it actually makes the scope a little smaller when you put that in over the, the light system. And, uh, I tried Rudy's out with the, the world archery, the world cup light cartridge and <laughs> by golly, it was quite a bit lighter inside. So I do believe, um, that ultra view scope, I still have it. I, I just, I really like, Man, it's hard to beat something that works. And that shrewd 29, that thing works. Um, But maybe, you know, maybe if I'm feeling froggy today, I'll fuck around with that Ultraview. I have been wanting to try a larger dot because they're heavy duty. What was the word? Heavy hitters. 
have been telling me that the larger dot slows your pin float. I'm sorry, guys. I'm yawning a whole bunch. It's like five in the morning. Um, but yeah, I've been told that a larger dot slows your pin float, and I always run the same dot for everything. So I'm wondering, like, hmm, can I do it? Can I get away with larger pin uh, or larger dot? Another thing is part of me is not wanting to change anything. <laughs> um, the scores I'm putting down in practice are decent. But, you know, I'm very curious as to how these translate uh, under a little bit of pressure. And I don't have the league, you know, a league to go sharpen myself on. So I just have to hope for the best. Um, and you know, hope that works out. But anyway, back to the ultra view lens. Yeah. Uh, I have one, have didn't like it at first. <clears throat> um, don't use it thinking about it. Okay. So I hope that helps. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty great non answer. Uh, the other question comes from my friend Craig. Craig says, have you had a chance to try the B3 BG pro release? And uh, I think that's Braden Galantine's hinge release. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm not, uh, I think P3 Archery is his, his deal, or I don't know. Um, I have not. And not to... I know recently I've been putting down a lot of stuff in Archery. I've been, like, bad-mouthing things that comes off like I'm bad-mouthing the industry. And so I'm going to try to not do that, all right? couple things I'm going to try to fix, all right? I know I curse a lot, and that might, you know, make a lot of you soft, so I'm sorry. Uh, and then the other thing is me ranting and raving about the industry. I mean, I probably end up sounding just like a little Greg Poole, so I'm going to try to do less of that and more of what I aim to do, which is make us all better shooters by telling you guys the, the juicy details. Um, <clears throat> but the show is called Archery Unfiltered. So if I do fall into uh, my usual habits, that's just going to be the way it is. That's just the way. And, you know, if it hurts my listenership, if that's what they call it, so be it. So be it. I'm not, this doesn't pay my bills. This doesn't actually pay me anything. The only real joy I get out of this is hearing from you guys and hearing that things are working for you guys and that, uh, or... You know, that the show makes you laugh every so often. <laughs> so, the B3, uh, BG Pro release is, if I can if, if I can sum it up for you. Hold on, let me, first let me, let me pull up a picture before I just go talking out of my, um, my cloaca. Alright, my friends, I've pulled it up. Uh, the B3, so, I don't know, if you guys, when you guys saw these releases, did you not, did you not say, wow, those look a lot like Scott's? <laughs> They kind of have a different um, release, like, head section, like where the sear is. But the handles look a lot like Scott's. And the BG Pro is, <coughs> it's a, if I could sum it up for you, it's a $200 Scott with a adjustable third finger dealie, which is, like, apparently standard now. Um, they're not Scott's, though. They have a different hook and head system. Um, but the bodies look an awful lot like Scott's. I wonder if that's a manufacturing thing. If everyone's using like a cast, if they're using cast, uh, 
parts. But anyway, I have not tried it. It looks neat. Uh, I kind of like True Ball releases just because they're really crisp. I've shot Scott releases. They're okay. Uh, I have not shot the, the B3 release, so I can't tell you if it's the same as the Scott. But I don't know if you guys have felt this. I, on shooting a Scott hinge, I can feel the head on the... Oh, this sounds so weird. Uh, I can feel the the hook mechanism move when I'm executing a shot. Not a huge fan of that. I've felt that on a true ball, but it was a defective true ball hinge. And it was the only one that was like that. And so I just swapped the, the sear out and it was solid. Maybe that's what was going on with the Scott. I don't know. Scott does have that option where you could you can hook like um a rubber band on the one part of your of the hook and then the other part hooks to some other part of the the hinge so then after you shoot it resets itself automatically that's really cool um but that's a scott i don't know if this b3 thing is so uh hopefully that answers your question which is an absolute non-answer i have no clue the b i mean it's got an adjustable finger that's cool all right i think we all like that but it's really just a their third finger adjustment thing is pretty not as good as a true ball, and I'll tell you why. Um, you can as you know you can lip you can adjust the this little lip after it looks like it's after the third finger. Let me, yeah, I mean it's a three finger release with a little adjustable thing that you can turn it for or whatever, and maybe that's Braden's thing. Everyone knows, you know, if you guys watch him, he shoots a four finger. And uses that pinky on the fourth finger. So, I like the true balls for that reason that you can make it a two finger, three finger, four finger. All the flex systems are like that. And you can adjust the aggressiveness, like the angle of the third and fourth finger. You can mix them up if you got a wonky hand or a broken finger or whatever. So, I like all of that. That's all pretty cool. That also leads me to something else I've been thinking about lately. Um... A lot of people, not a lot, I'll say a handful of people after the AB Invitational jumped ship from their hinges and went right to thumb buttons. And I realized they did this because I did this. And then I had said, like, I I think the struggles I had with a hinge were the same struggles they were having with a hinge. Um, I've shot a hinge now, I want to say for five years, since the beginning. It's the first release I got after... Uh, the index finger shooty shooty guy, you know. Um, I've had a lot of time in with a hinge. I've I've put, I've I've had problems and then not have problems. I've gotten over them, and I haven't not gotten over them. Um, but a lot of people are jumping ship, and I just want to make sure, like you guys know, they say just because someone does something doesn't mean. You know, just because Rio Wild runs 20 ounces of weight doesn't mean you should do it also. And keep in I'm no Rio Wild, okay? And I realize I've been saying, oh, man, the button totally saved my ass. And and another thing is, yeah, I'm a coward. I just ran. Instead of trying to fix the problem, I just ran to a new solution. Or I ran to a different thing and just, instead of trying to solve what was going on with me. And I've been talking to Rudy Sandoval a lot about it, about the tension that comes with the hinge release 
And one thing that I've been messing around with lately is putting a fourth finger on my um, my HT. I have an HT Flex, and that fourth finger really helps cut the tension down. <clears throat> it it changes a lot of stuff. <clears throat> Running four finger versus three. Um, with that being said, I know it's worked for Sandoval. You know, the like the the two things that really helped me shooting the hinge was going forefinger and then visualizing when I'm pulling that I'm pulling with my, my pinky finger is connected to my elbow and I'm pulling back with my elbow and that pinky finger is dragging the, that forcing the release to rotate. And that was a really good, I had really good success with that. And I know Sandoval's having really good success with that too. But, um, personally, I'm just going to, I'm shooting higher scores with a button than I have in a long time. And something about, I had a goat, right? I had a goat for a while. But the way the, and you guys know, goes the thumb button. You can turn it into a hinge if you want. I didn't like it as a hinge. But <clears throat> I shot it as a thumb button, and Austin Watts helped me set it up. Something about the goat feels totally different than the Abyss. I mean, they're totally different releases. But maybe it's the hook uh, distance from the handle or the shape of the handle. I don't know what. Um, but it just feels different. And I guess it just goes to show you got to try different releases to to figure out what you like. And as far as buttons go, I will pick the Abyss over the Goat. I do have tiny hands, though. So, you know, that might not work for everybody. <clears throat> the four-finger attachment to the hinge might not work for everybody. But for some of us, it does. It helps cut the tension in your in your hinge. <laughs> Whatever you decide to do, stick to it, and and uh, grind it out. Figure out your shot with it, and how you're going to shoot it. That's all it is. That's all you got to do is figure out how. What is your? I'm not going to say shot process, but when it comes time and you take your thumb off the peg or you put your thumb on the peg, depending on what release you're shooting. <clears throat> what is what do you have to do to get that shot to break with your pin right in the middle and that's it that's all you got to do it's like i've told people it's like flipping a water bottle with a little bit of water in it so it lands on its bottom i you guys have seen it all these millennials are doing it on the on the the tiktok app or whatever the thing that everyone's watching now right that's all archery is it's like a it's like a trick shot in pool and you just got to do it over and over and over again. So it's it's technique. All right. Uh, another question is from my friend Joel. Uh, Joel says, I have a question. Moving your sight bar out or away from the riser, what would you do to your scope? Will magnify more or less? Well, Joel, that's going to magnify more. I'm <laughs> moving it out. There's something with this, though. It will affect your, the torque tune on your bow. Um, where I set my scope and my, my, my sight is dependent on group. I group tune my sight. So I will move it in and out until I get the most consistent. I'll do a torque tune with my arrow rest. But the sight is almost always... I'm sorry, okay, y'all. I tried to pause it on that one, but I don't think I did the site is always done until I'm where I, I put it where it's comfortable at. All right. If that makes sense. 
Um, I have like this new, or it's an old XL carbon bar that I got from my buddy Zach, and it's like nine inches long. I've set that thing all the way out, and uh, not a fan. <laughs> it's super weird. So where it's at now, it's uh, pretty close to. I think I'm only like four notches from the front. Which is pretty pretty close to the front. I think most people um, can get away with running them further out. You know, uh, I don't see many pros with them super close in. But either it's my wacky form or my wacky body shape that just calls for it to be like this. It's very comfortable where it's at, and it's close. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say my sight is four inches from my riser. Um, yeah. Not crazy magnified, uh, but group's the best. So that's that's why I picked that that setup. Let's see. In other news, archery news. Uh, have you guys seen the new Matthews hunting bow, the V3X? I'm sure you have. It's actually pretty cool. Okay, so I kind of shit on every company recently, saying nothing's really being innovated. <coughs> that Matthews bow. That new Matthews bow is pretty cool. It not only does it have, um, it's got a sight that you can slip into the riser, which is dope. But it also has uh, these little knobs on the on the cam, so you can you can like pull your cables over and hook them onto these knobs, and then do work to your your stringing cables. It's like a I think you don't need a press to work on it, or no. I think you hook it over, and then there's like a string that you can buy that Matthew sells. Then you then hook over the knobs. I don't know the exact specifics, but it's supposed to be pressless uh, adjustment of your bow. That's pretty sick. So, you know, I'm a big Matthews fan, but I'm not. I'm not sponsored by Matthews. I'm sponsored by West Coast, and um, I thought that was pretty sick. They're actually doing some new shit versus you know. Same bow, different colors. Um, I know Matthews. There was a video that's floating around of like a new V3X where the limbs are cracking, and it's just causing this huge like uproar. And oh, I don't know if "huge" is the right word, but now Matthews is getting this reputation for having cracked limbs. Um, I mean, it's just one video, so I don't think maybe it won't catch on. But um, yeah, I guess companies are still innovating, and that's kind of cool. Like it, it makes me excited to see what new bows are going to come down the pipeline. <clears throat> uh, I guess <laughs> someone messaged me that Elite is doing a long riser uh, bow, and I checked it out, and it's, I don't want to say just a hunting bow, because I know some of you guys hunt, but uh, in this podcast, I'm just talking about target archery, so it's just a hunting bow. Not not all that wonderful for us, but uh, yeah. How's... Um, in other words, other news, other current events, how's everyone's practice going? Are you guys just practicing at leagues, or are you finding time to hammer out uh, hammer out some ends on your own? I uh, I started doing three hundred rounds on a five spot, so that's uh, six arrows at no five arrows at a time, six ends. And then I wanted to do two, so that's twelve. And then, I don't, how do you guys feel about 
you know when they say your your first two you know your first two ends are practice right do you guys try really hard to make those good shots i do and then when it comes time to the first scoring end i'm like oh man i just left it all out there on these uh practice ends <laughs> so i've been doing this thing where i don't or i do count the i score the first two but then i have to shoot two extra <clears throat> so for me that would be 14 14 ends is what I'm shooting for. It's just, I call it a 700. So I've been shooting 700 rounds. Still playing with arrows. Still trying out different arrow builds and setups. Um, really coming across... <laughs> I'm coming across all kinds of cool stuff. Did you guys know? Alright. So... I brought tack vein, like uh, tack veins to a 1440 event. And I didn't fletch them up very well. And everyone was telling me, like, tack veins are garbage, Wendell. What are you doing? So I didn't really think, you know, that I was going to use tack veins anymore. I have a bunch that my brother gave me for Christmas. They're 375 tack veins. That's like their their indoor tack vein. Uh, I weighed one, and they're actually very light for what a vein usually is. They're about three grains lighter than um, an AAE hybrid four inch. Now, granted, it's a three seventy five, so it's not a four inch vein, <clears throat> but they they have a pretty tall profile. They're much lighter than the Q two I. The Q two I is like ten or eleven grains, which I, I still like. I do re- very much like the Q two I, but I'm kind of on a quest for speed right now. So, I mean, true speed is feathers. If you want. If you want an arrow that steers, and uh, I guess that's the right word, steers, um, or I should say stabilizes, and it is the light, you know, the lightest vein you could put on there is a feather. But um, I got all these, I got all these tack veins, and I put them on some gold tip arrows, and the gold tips are flying really good. Uh, like they still catch. Like, I had a couple, I think I had, like, two dip bangs yesterday, and they were still well inside the 10. So I felt pretty good about that. Now, dip bangs should be a non-existent thing. And I know some people it's going to happen, but the root cause of the dip bang, you know, I can't blame on the arrow. So the fact that it caught is great, but it's like, all right. Now i got to figure out what's going on with that dip bang. What am I, why, why am I over-trying now? The whole point of me shooting a thumb button was that I didn't have to push and pull super hard to get that thing to go. <clears throat> but, you know, still find ourselves over-trying here and there. Um, But, yeah, that's about it. You know, I don't have any guests this week for you. I don't have. I just had a couple questions I was going to answer. It's going to be a short one because it's Thanksgiving. I know <clears throat> most of you probably are too busy to listen to this garbage anyway thank you guys for all the constructive criticism i i do appreciate it um the fact that you guys listen i appreciate and uh you know i'm just gonna keep going and i'll keep telling you guys what i'm doing and if it works and if it doesn't work and hopefully you guys can take what you like from it apply it to your own shooting and hopefully we all get better you know I want to see California. I want to see California being one of those states that's being known for more than just hybrid cars. I mean, in the archery industry. 
amongst other archers. I want people to be like, man, those guys in California can throw down. And I think we're getting there. I know we're getting close, you know. Um, but we all got to get better as a whole. It's not like, you know, sure, there's Paige and Tate and Austin, but three people aren't going to uphold California archers as, you know, being a bunch of badasses. We need more. We, this place has to be a, a breeding ground of killers. And um, I think guys like Rubio are starting to show that, it, it you know, it is. He's pretty much everyone that comes out of his faction are killers one way or another. So anyway, <clears throat> thanks for listening all. Uh, short episode today, uh, this week, and next week I'll get back at it. I'll let you guys know if I've changed every anything in practice. I did change one thing, guys. Check this out. I added an ounce to my front stabilizer, which put me at five in the back, six in the front. It went not good. I ended up taking it off, and. Now, I stripped all these weights down because I can't practice like I used to. I used to be able to practice for four hours a day. And back in the four-hour days, I shot 20 ounces front and back. Uh, I'm shooting quite a bit different now. My style's changing, too. And so I shot 20 and 20 and hinge religiously. So now I'm shooting five and five and a button. Um, I added an ounce to the front and what I got was a much slower pin float. It was almost, I want to say almost perfect, like dead. I could hold right in the middle and it wouldn't move, but then it would move and then I would have to correct. Right. And that one ounce made it. So when I did correct, it was like, I could not steer the bow uh, subtly enough. It's kind of like you have to have enough control of your bow so that you can bring it back without overdoing it, right? And I don't know how I did. I mean, I'm guessing I was just more conditioned. When I shot 20 ounces and 20 ounces, <clears throat> if that pin wasn't in the middle, I could just put it back in the middle and it would stay there. And what I'm finding is with a little too much weight on the front, at least for me, I'm not saying this is going to go for you guys. If I have to get the pin back to middle, am I going to overshoot it? Am I going to, you know, is it, does it take too much effort to get it back to middle? And do I lose anything else like your vertical you know, you're trying to hold that pin on a vertical and horizontal axis, right? So for me, it would drift out on the horizontal plane, and I'm trying to push it back. If I'm putting in so much effort on that pushback that it goes up and and way out, that tells me something. The balance is not good. And so what I'm finding right now, the reason why I'm shooting super lightweight is because I can control the pin with minimal effort. Now, I'm a very weak individual. I don't exercise. I mean, I lost, I think I lost like 60 pounds and then I gained like probably 50 pounds, <laughs> probably 70 pounds actually. So I'm super weak. I'm ultra weak right now. 
So, but so keep that in mind. You can probably get away with more than five and five. But what you're going for is a pin float that it sits right where you want it during execution. It doesn't move while you're executing. And if it does, it's easy to control. You can get it back to where you want it. Now, <clears throat> I'm sure someone out there is going to disagree with this. Because I know Blake Jerome is an advocate of heavyweight. And I, I know, I think Stefan Hansen talks about it also. Where he's like, you got to get stronger and get get more weight on that bar. And there is a plus to that. I, I've said it before. Bows shoot better under heavyweight. Like less stuff influences them. They literally shoot better under a bunch of weight. I think my one of my best shooting bows was uh, Prevail with, I guess, 21 and 24. Or my 38, my Matthews 38 with 21 and 21. I mean, I shot 20 ounces on everything, front and back. They all shot great. Um, but I could, I had a better follow through, you know, back then. That's another thing that you get from blank bailing is that follow through. So it makes sense <clears throat> that Blake Jerome would say, put heavy weight on because he advocates for blank bailing as well. So that's two things that you get. It's almost like a package. Like, what route do you want to go down for getting better, for shooting middles? It's like if you want, you know, heavier weight, then you got to work your follow through. You got to work your blank bailing. You got to be comfortable with your your release. Blake also shoots a hinge, you know. If that's something to be said, he shoots a hinge with a click. When I shot a hinge, I shot a no click. So. I mean, Rudy does his his hinge a very similar way to Blake, where they click at anchor and then they work their shot. Uh, I think Alan Brunetta shoots his very similar to that as well. So, I don't know. Hopefully, that tells you guys something. It doesn't have to be one way or the, another. But I do see, I do see patterns here, right? And I think if you have a solid. Uh, what's the word? Foundation, I guess. A solid follow-through, deliberate shooting style. You can put more weight on because you're going to have less of that correction at last minute. You know, if you're not very confident, like myself, and you're not getting the time in that you should or that you used to, maybe a lighter setup is what you need. Something that, like what I'm doing now. Um, <clears throat> I'm opting for a setup that's easy to control. Now, whether that's good or bad, I, you know, I kind of thought that a, a light setup that's easy to control would give me trouble in high pressure shoot offs. And if you guys saw a couple of my arrows at the AB Invitational during shoot offs, I missed some pretty wide shots. I shot some Vegas nines during the shoot offs. <clears throat> so it's something I have to work on. If I'm going to continue this this setup, I have to work on that. That means breathing, mental exercise, maybe reading a book or two. Uh, there's you know there's also a happy medium, an in between. I think where I shot the Coyote 600, I shot like 14 and 15 ounces, and it was a good in between. So, I mean, I also shot the hinge then, and I got locked up on a couple shots. So 
you know, take that information with a grain of salt. But when I was feeling good, I could drain X's all day long at the coyote shoot with 14 and 15 ounces. It wasn't even a question. You know, if I'm on, I'm on. So anyway, I hope the main thing is I hope this podcast and what I'm doing right now just helps you examine your own setup. You know, not if you're, if you're a Blake Jerome and you got it going already, of, of course, don't change it. You know what I mean? But if you guys are struggling out there for everyone that's struggling, I hope that my show just helps you realize that there are options you know, Like you can change things. You don't have to be locked into whatever you think as far as, I mean, I've always been against the one to three stabilizer ratio or the one to four stabilizer ratio. I always thought that was garbage from the beginning. Um, but I hope you guys break whatever is in your mind about your setup at very least, right? Like I need to shoot this arrow with this release with this amount of weight. I don't think you do. I mean, I think it's style dependent. I'm starting to come around to realize a lot of gear is style dependent. And, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe that'll make me a good coach one day. Probably not because I curse too much. And I, I've been told I sound like a frat bro. So I don't think frat bros make good coaches. <laughs> Can you imagine Kissick Lee <laughs> on the sideline be like, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like strutting around? <laughs> ah, that would be cool. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I uh, what I'm getting at is um, if you're struggling – Find out what it is that needs to change. Because you don't have to... Like, we shoot freestyle. Freestyle is set up... It's like a form of archery that's all based around how you want it to be. So, if you think about it in terms of that, like that, where it's like, you get to make it how you want it to be. I mean, that should... There's no reason why you should be... With that being said... I mean, I did have a couple dip bangs, so <laughs> you shouldn't struggle 90% of the time. How about that? Okay. Or if you struggle, if you miss, it should be on you. It should be mental, right? It should be solely mental. You shouldn't have any problem uh, knowing that, you know? So uh, <clears throat> I hope you guys... I hope everyone that is struggling examines their setup and breaks some rules. You know, <clears throat> that means more weight, less weight on the bow, different arrow, uh, more weight on the point, less weight on the point, whatever. I've broken all of them. I shot a 150 grain point on all my 27s this year. So <clears throat> I shoot a 120 grain point on my 23s. How about that? That's pretty weird, huh? And everything's shooting great. All of them. It all works. Uh, I am shooting a Matthews G2, and I have a feeling this bow could spit out, you know, driftwood in a straight line. So, anyway. Uh, thanks for listening to me ramble, guys. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all of you, for one. First and foremost, thankful of my daughter. She, Even though she gave me this horrible fucking disease, and I can't swallow right now. Uh, but, um, 
yeah, thankful for my wife, thankful for everything. Life is good right now. And um, I thank you guys for listening and being a part of the show. If you guys have more questions, feel free to send them on over. Um, the, a lot of the questions about, you know, have you tried X, Y, and Z type of gear? I welcome, because I have tried, especially arrows. If you guys have questions about arrows, I've tried them all. As far as releases go, <clears throat> I'm kind of a true ball horror right now. I've dabbled in carters, uh, various types of carters, and I've owned one Scott Hinge. And that was about it. It was a brass... No, I've owned two. I also had a Scott Micro-Adjust Hinge that I shot really effing good with. But, uh... It wasn't perfect. I'm sorry, I'm yawning again. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't a match made in heaven. So, anyway. I'm out. You guys have a wonderful day. Uh, Get some practice in. Shoot me back some questions. Let me know how your practice goes. Any of the above. I'm happy with hearing from you guys. All right? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye.